Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 174. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Lee's Comics. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by popoptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Ridge, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook version. Order your copies today. Long title, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Song One by One, by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Christmas, Christmas time is here, and Alvin and the Chipmunks are here again. In 1958, a down songwriter with an unlikely name of Ross Bagdasarian plunged the last of his family savings on a multi-seat tape recorded and created The Witch Doctor and Alvin and the Chipmunks. It changed the fortune for his family, his record label, and animated cartoon studio. Alvin! The story of Ross Bagdasarian, Liberty Records, Format Film, and The Alvin Show by Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions is available from Amazon and Fair Manor Media in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. My Pac-Man book called Pac-Man, the first animated cartoon show based upon a video game, is due out on September 25th, 2022. You can pre-order your copies now at Bear Manor Media or on Amazon. I'm still working on my Mad book, and the Disney and Kremer books are done and will be released eventually. I'm also working on a Warren Kremer article for Alter Ego magazine. Plus, I have begun work on a new book called TV Cartoons That Time Forgot. 
On today's show, we have two previous guests that give us their favorite and least favorite movies by the comedians listed in Leonard Maltin's The Great Movie Comedians. Here they are, Nick Santa Maria and Camden Spees, part one. Uh, I'm here for the... Recording in for... progress. Okay, here we are. This, I don't know if the show's going to work, I'm, but... I, I'm here for the clan meeting. <laughs> Wondering... <laughs> You're here Darn. for the Invisible Man meeting. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yes, I was I was Picasso's favorite model, and he uh, would take me to lunch. Uh, We're okay. I'll do, I'll do a quick introduction. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Mark Arnold at the Fun Ideas Podcast. I don't know why I'm doing a show today with two people. This is We're not going to make it through this. This is going to be too much comedy shtick. <laughs> okay i'm done that's all i do that's nick I do. nick nick Maria is raising the curtain and camden is being our audience right now it's red nose day or red, what is a red red cap day <laughs> red cap day yeah nick, i want to ask you a question yes sir Ow. so i have a little there's a bookstore in my area i live in birmingham alabama birmingham yeah yeah, I live I live in the blue part of Alabama. The the one with medicine I live in. Um, oh. so I have this book that I got at the, the blue like, part. I hope you cheer up a bunch. Yes. I have a I have I have a this guy got this book at a used bookstore. It's one of the coolest bookstores around. It's a, a copy of Film Fun magazine, which is a comic book from Britain. I love Film Fun. It's great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who's on the cover? Matt. I can't tell. The covers uh, are always Michelle, the best. Avery Costello, Laurel and Hardy, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Some of them will be British. Yes. The British people I'm not really familiar with. Oh, Joey Brown. Yeah. Frank Randall. Frank Randall, Manchester comic. Yes. <laughs> so I was going to gonna ask, are you going to discuss film, uh, any kind of comic book work of, of Avery Costello in your book? Uh, well, the book's already written. So no, that we didn't go into that. It's mostly about the films. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different forwards and also a, few, a couple of addendums, uh, yeah, we yeah. write we write about other stuff, but uh, mainly it's about the films. Yeah, but like that bookstore is really cool. Like on the like the first thing you see and you're walking the lot is a Three Stooges poster with Paul Winchell at the bottom. Oh, uh, stop looking, laugh. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember loving that movie as a kid and then as you get older it's kind of like oh god stop looking laughing <laughs> you also have a donald oh, duck you like the marquis chips come on you're a big fan come on i only come like on. them with jack yeah. benny only with jack benny they also have a donald duck marquee where you know it's like you know how they would have those small posters outside of the theater they have like the sign that would be outside the theater mm-hmm. yeah how cool that's very cool uh where is the i mean that's in birmingham yeah that's a bookstore it's like really cool yeah mm-hmm. where it's my i work at a library and they say hey do you know jim reed i'm like oh yeah jim reed knows me mm-hmm. unfortunately jim reed knows me well <laughs> <laughs> you're like an open book yes mm-hmm. so what Pogo for 45 minutes and you're supposed to be helping people in the store <laughs> <laughs> my kind of worker um what 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 library uh do you uh i work at and the only library in mountain brook um my goal is to have a master's degree in library science i'm majoring in film right now out of med school 
Yeah. You're, you're film at a med school. No, it's film and it's a, it's a school that has film as a minor, but I made it. It's an idea. Well, do you only shoot in x-rays? No, it's not a med, not, not my campus, not a med school, but mainly most people go there for med, but there's yeah. also, they also have an arts and science thing. Oh, well, cool. Good luck to you. Thank you. I'm going to mm -hmm. be a senior next year. You can, you can Fantastic. Start, you can start a reboot of Doctor at Large. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And I can play the large doctor. There's, there's your um. obscure reference. Um, before we start, <laughs> I, have, I actually a have a plan for this show. I don't know if it happened, but before we start, I mentioned. I'm sorry, you are? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I'm just watching. <laughs> I'm Marvin Mimmelman. Oh, I'm, I'm, the I operator. I'm the operator. I connected your call. Um, <laughs> Here's your Florida call, Mr. Whitmore. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, just to piggyback on what Camden says, I know Ooh, Camden, I'll get off you. your back, but anyway, this magazine, if you've never seen it, it's a British magazine called Infinity. I'm holding it low because it disappears when I do anything up here. See, so uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but they did. This is a uh, previous issue. They did an actual like five page article on the history of film fun magazines. So, and they they do that. They talk about. British comedians, they talk about British science fiction and blah, blah, blah. And then they talk about American stuff, but how it was in England. So you get a different take on it. So um, highly recommend it if you don't ever see it. You know, I always forget the name because Infinity doesn't mean anything to me. But like the latest mm. issue, I think, has Capricorn One. This one had Mad Max on the cover. Previous one had the monkeys on the cover. So it's like, there's, wow. There's, yeah. And they <laughs> well, just go that's interesting. That's interesting. all over the map. But yeah, they do talk about comedians. And, you know, I remember last time we were talking, we were talking, you were talking about that you are very versed in British comedians. And I think this current issue, if I remember correctly, has a big article about Kenny Everett, you know, and things like yeah. that. You know, oh, and yeah. it's like, you know, he's kind of obscure to most people here, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Um, a lot of them don't, don't translate to here. Yeah. A lot of yeah. them never, never made it over that barrier and a lot of funny ones didn't make it but mostly because the audience didn't understand what they were saying for one thing which <laughs> helps you know uh and the other thing is you know the, there was a style in fact in in great britain there was northern comedy and there was southern comedy yeah and the southerners didn't get the northern comedy and the northerners didn't get the southern comedy so how do they expect us to get it you know what i mean <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's very interesting in your studies, uh, which British comedian do you think could have or should have become successful here, or would you have liked to have, and they just didn't? So it's like your secret. Like that's it's a, really that's funny. A very, that's a very interesting question. That's a very good question, Mark. Uh, a question mark. I think. Um, that's what I used to call my grammar. Uh, I think. <laughs> and the mysterians. Okay. <laughs> he exclaimed no i i uh which call it uh there are a couple if i may there was one by the name of arthur askey who was a i always compare him to uh he was sort of like the eddie Cantor of uh the british films a, a musical but also very funny you know fast moving whatever a lot of corny jokes uh and you could understand him when he spoke he was very articulate that way so him, uh, a lot of people loved Will Hay and a lot of his movies played in the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've got all his movies and they're a lot of fun and he's hilarious. And he's got these two stooges he works with all the time, Moore Marriott, Graham Moffat. 
No, I thought you were going to pull Dennis up a, Duke, a Will Hay Duke? movie. I was like, if you have a Will Hay movie, Camden. Because <laughs> he, he surprised, has the three he he has surprises the three me. Complex. I mean, he's, he's only 21 and he knows more than I do at uh, 54. You know, it's like. <laughs> That's incredible, Camden. You know, I was a freak too when I was your, your age, even earlier. Yeah, that's that's was, that's um that's what people call me. So they said, "Wait, some girl walked up there," and I went to an all boys school, and I was like, I was I was that one person who worked in the tech thing that got also got paid, but I just got paid not because I knew about tech. It was, I would just do anything they would say. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. If they repair this computer, okay, show me. But yeah, so the yeah. girl walks in, I'm like, oh wow, for once a chick walks in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he says, they're like, like, who's a nerd here? And everyone's just like, we are. He says, but who knows about science? We're like, we're like, I'm like, I don't. He's like, so wait. Okay, he says, Camden does because he's trying to throw me under the bus, my friend, right? And I'm like, it's like, he knows all about this stuff. And I'm like, it's like, he's all in sci fi. I'm like, well, that's true. I'm into sci fi. He says, yeah. And he reads Superman comics. Like, that's true. He says, do you know how to do science? I'm like, I hate science class. He's like, wait. You know, it's like you're a nerd, but you don't know science. But yeah, so she says, "Oh, you're a freak," and then she walks up the door. Like, <laughs> wow! Hmm. Wow, that breaks things down, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. First girl I'm, who I'm, walks into this help desk, who walks onto this campus, and then she calls me a freak. She calls you a All freak. Right. <laughs> well, you know, there's nothing freak. like building self confidence. Freak, freaks and geeks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. For weeks. Um, all right. Uh, Quiz time, quiz time before we continue with what I'm actually going to do. So I have a picture of a British comedian. Here's a little clue. That's the top of his head. You have glue on his head? No, no. It's just a, you know, right. a sticky situation. Who, who, is on my, who is on my shirt? Let's see if you can guess. Okay. If you would just... And even Camden doesn't know because I haven't stood up yet. Or if I have, you may oh, not okay. know. I don't know much about British comedians other than Stan. Well, Wall, he he so. he actually this will help. It's, he wasn't like a Ed Hay. Is that the person you said? Uh, it wasn't well, like Will Hay. Will, will Hay. Okay. Yeah. This person actually made it big in England or Britain, and he made it big here too. Oh, and okay. He's, and he's dead now. If that helps. Mm -hmm. It certainly helps if we're going to bury him. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's see. Can we see it? <laughs> it looks like Marty Feldman. Ta -da! Yeah, it is Marty. Anyway. <laughs> Marty. Yeah. Marty was a funny guy. Mm -hmm. Funny guy. Okay. So I mm -hmm. didn't know what we we're going to talk about. Nick just wanted to talk about old time comedy. And I figured, well, let's do one thing that you and I did last time, but not just this. And I have a book here to help me out. Ooh. Is. So we talked about Adam Costello last time. And yes. you mentioned that your favorite Abbott and Costello movie was Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. I mm -hmm. mentioned mine was Little Giant, and then you actually said that is a good film. Mine is I Frankenstein know. as well, actually. And then I was going to ask Camden, what's yours? So anyway, I dug this out, which I have. The great movie oh, comedians. <laughs> I think I have, so, anyway. Yeah, I so, think I have three copies. Anyway, we're going to go through it, and we're going to say what our favorite movie is by each one of these people. I love know. this idea. All right. All right. So I, I raised my bottle to you. Okay. All right. So, and if you don't know, like Camden, if you're not versed in a particular comedian, or hey, even Nick, you yeah, bring not, up Wheeler and Woolsey. Yeah. I know nothing about Wheeler and Woolsey. Yeah, I'm not good on Wheeler and Woolsey either. I, I think I've seen like half a movie, and I, I you know, I was like, okay. You, you only saw Wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but that's why I'm here. This is my specialty. Okay, so, so and the, he, to help you, uh, he's not in the book anyway. Uh, the, the hardest one, I'll, 
and we may have to jump over it is probably Will Rogers because I've only seen one Will Rogers movie. So no. anyway, so anyway, let's let's try it out. And so um All right, let's go. we could say favorite film by this comedian. It could be a short or a feature, mm-hmm. or least favorite. Okay. You know? Oh, let's do both. Let's yeah. do favorite and least favorite. Okay. Okay. So, and let's, uh, okay. So yeah, go ahead. And I'll have you start, Nick, even though I'll say the first. So number one, Charlie Chaplin. Okay. Right favorite Cha- favorite Chaplin film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy behind you, yes. <laughs> uh, and we're all behind you too, hundred <laughs> percent. Um City Lights, my favorite, a masterpiece by any stretch. Uh my least favorite Chaplin film is probably <sighs> that's difficult. It's difficult because I, I really love most of them. Uh, I guess that Countess from Hong Kong would be the worst. Like, yeah. That, yeah. 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 I, I, otherwise, everything else has has merit, you know. Uh, but this one was sort of like he, he, he should have retired at this point. And I guess the third thing, what is the general assessment you have about Chaplin? Like me? Yeah. I mean... Ooh, just, is he just, like one of your favorites kind of middle of the road or i kind of just put up with him because he's a comedian <laughs> i just <laughs> i just offered up a, a new class to uh, uh the company i work for and it's called chaplin the true king of comedy there's nobody better ever then or now he was a genius i can't even i, I can't even begin to you know it's it's like you could talk about keaton who was also a genius but he could not do what chaplin did okay nobody could nobody could very cool that's why he he, the best ever (laughs) camden you (laughs) well i have not seen a single chaplin movie that was made after the great dictator that's fine you never saw the a lot of the talkers yeah well that's fine that's fine most people would see the silence yeah yeah so of the ones you've seen, what have you? The kid. What? The kid. Oh, the kid. Okay, the I'm kid. sorry. I didn't. Hey, the what? kid is your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> the kid is your favorite. I guess Modern Times is my least favorite. Not because <sighs> I don't like it. Not because I don't like it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'll be all right. Sorry. No, go ahead, Camden. I'm sorry. Not because fine. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's because when I first saw it. I was in a class full of kids snickering and they didn't shut up. Oh, oh okay. So you didn't see it under good circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. The it's... first time I saw it was not under good circumstances. And honestly, the first time I saw Duck Soup was in that same circumstance. Oh, <laughs> ouch. And we'll get to March yeah. Brothers too. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. But I okay. like, but, but, but I would not say Duck Soup was my least favorite March Brothers movie. Right. So okay. Chaplin, Chaplin overall in your in the pantheon, the grand pantheon of comedic actors, film actors. I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. Well, I mean, is he one of your favorites, or is he, you think he's kind of average, or I hate him? Silent comedians. Mm-hmm. My favorite would be Laurel and Hardy. I actually like Keaton a little bit better than Chaplin, but I like Chaplin. Chaplin's probably my third. Okay, fair enough. Okay, um, my turn. Yay. Um, so um, <laughs> I think turn. I like I think I like Modern Times the best, 
and it's because it's just like a hybrid of sound and silent and i just love it where he goes to the machinery you know that stuff mm. and i like the the sound scene i like is where he's in i think he's in the bathroom i don't know if these things memorized and the screen comes on the guy goes hey like that get know? to work yeah get to work yeah that's what it is yeah so you probably haven't memorized so you can tell me i do i'm wrong on the lines um and least favorite well i could say countess of hong kong but least favorite where it's the full where he's like the star not just guesting in it i'm not a big fan of monsieur Bordeaux. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. and i don't know it, 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 i used to say if it's a talkie i don't want to see it but i actually do like limelight pretty well and oh, I like uh, yeah. uh, king of new york is actually decent and so you know i like so, that you know I, but um, i do like monsieur Verdoux. it may be my favorite of his talkies actually oh really yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, the one thing I do like is when he's ruffling the money, it goes really I fast. Love that. There's a little funny bits in it, you know. I think counting the money. My problem with Bordeaux is just, you know, he seems a little bit too nasty in it. And mm-hmm. I don't think of Chaplin as a nasty character most of the time. I know he's just acting, but still, you know. Yeah. Um, and then also okay. on a, a, an extra fourth one for uh, of shorts. I like the rink the best on the shorts. The rink is yeah. great. Yeah, the rink is yeah. great. His twelve for mutual <laughs> is brilliant. Yeah. They're just brilliant. Nobody could touch him. And so, uh, uh, and where does he fall in the pantheon of uh, well, great comedians? I will say this: I used to not like him all that much, mm-hmm. and my dad. I think I was influenced by my dad because my dad was very opinionated, still is, about comedians he likes and dislikes. And you know, I will tell you ahead of time, he was not a big fan of Chaplin. He was not a big fan of Marx Brothers. Um, he loved Laurel and Hardy, loved Abby Costello, he loved, uh, you know, blah, 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 almost everybody else. It's just, um, I could talk about Marx Brothers when we get to the Marx Brothers, but his problem with Chaplin was he didn't like too much of the pathos stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, he just likes just like pure comedy. And I kind of get it, you know, it's like, and those are sometimes where it can get a little sicky sweet, you know, but in general, his you know, ranking has totally improved over the years. I still think I like these two guys better as far as the silent comedians, Buster mm-hmm. and Harold. I think Buster gets the nod for, you know, my favorite silent one, but still, mm-hmm. you know. I'm going to say something that might be, that might be a little uh, blasphemous to most, <laughs> but uh, when it comes right down to it, uh, Buster fell down a lot. Buster, Buster was really good at falling down. He really was. Chaplin <laughs> was great at everything else. So I don't know. I'm sorry. I just yeah. I, yeah. I love Buster. Buster's number two, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Chaplin taught everyone. Chaplin yeah. showed everybody the way. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on. Let's move on. Who's next? Okay. Well, chapter, chapter two is we we could skip over this because I, even I don't even oh, remember this. Come person. on. Well, no, I'm not going to skip over. I'm not going to tell you, but it's like I don't even remember what this person did. I'd have to look in the book. Mabel okay. Normand. Oh, Mabel. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're on your own on this one. I think considered the first. You're on your first, own, Nick. Considered the first uh, female uh, director, actually, yeah. uh, the first famous female comedian uh, for Max Sennett, uh, and before that for D.W. Griffith for Phytograph. Uh, um, very, 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 very popular. Uh, as far as funny, I don't think she's made me laugh more than maybe twice in my life <laughs> she's very cute and you know all of that but it's the people around her who are funny yeah um 
so yeah so yeah i don't have really really strong opinions about her uh and her work i guess my favorite of hers would be uh uh you know what i always liked i always liked a movie called mabel at the wheel it's a uh, uh actually it might be a one reeler uh for senate and chaplin was new at the studio and he played the villain uh which was great it was a lot of fun she made a lot. Uh, of should be nineteen fourteen. Yes, mm -hmm. well, she made a lot in nineteen fourteen. Wow. Oh God, yeah. Oh no, let me take it back. I take it back. No, no, no. Her best movie was uh, um, uh, Fatty and Mabel Adrift. Oh, uh, okay. I've seen that, that one. That one's actually that was, pretty good. That's yeah. her best film. Her best acting. All of that stuff. As far as her her worst, I don't know. She made so many negligible movies for Senate, you know, yeah. five minute things where she kind of fell down a lot and got, got sprayed with seltzer. So I really can't pick yeah. one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just kind of do that when it's somebody you probably know. And that because I don't have any, although I looked at her picture, I go, oh, I recognize her. But she was yeah. always with like Fatty or something, which is the next one. So let's go to Fatty Arbuckle. So, uh, yeah. okay. First of all, I can't call him Fatty. He didn't like being called Fatty. So I call him Roscoe uh, in, in memory of this poor guy. Oh, poor schmo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the fat man. Uh, again, my favorite, my favorite Roscoe is uh, Fatty and Mabel Adrift. Roscoe directed it. Mm -hmm. And there are some shots in it that are worthy of D.W. Griffith. They're just gorgeous, mm -hmm. gorgeous, beautiful scenery. But uh, other than that, it's a very subtle film. His acting is very subtle. And very funny, you know. And he's got Luke the dog with him too, which is always fun. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, my favorite. My least favorite. Oof, I hope people uh, forgive me, the people who released the DVD. But uh, he made he made a feature called The Roundup. He chose his first feature uh, to be a western, hmm. a serious western, where he played a supporting character. Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed. I was like, come on, I want, I want to see Roscoe. I want to see him run around and jump, you know? But yeah. no, he played this sad character. You talk about pathos. His last <laughs> line in, in the uh, intertitle was, nobody loves a fat man. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. how, does he, how does he rank, you know, in your... Uh, I have to say, uh, Roscoe never got his due. He, he uh, was a... He taught Keaton. There would be no Keaton without Roscoe. That's true. Uh, and uh, although I think he was somewhat uh, a bit uh, crass, let me say, <laughs> shall we say, uh, he could be very funny and very graceful, and he was a very good director. So, yeah, I don't place him up there with Chaplin or Keaton, yeah. but uh, he's definitely one of the guys up there, like with Charlie Chase, you know, that, that level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you think had the scandal and everything not occurred, he might have had a lengthier career or was he kind of on the downswing no, anyway? No. He was on the upswing. Oh, okay. He had just signed a million dollar contract with Paramount and uh -huh. was making feature films. He was he was big, figuratively and literally. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Camden. <laughs> Any Camden. Camden's doing Stan Laurel. I've not seen I've not seen many um, many Fatty Arbuckle films, so I'm not going to choose the worst. That's fine. Of the so, ones okay. you've seen, do you do is a memorable? Man. Which one? The Garbage Man. Oh, okay. I think I remember that. 
the garbage man yeah is that the trashy, type trashy film <laughs> you're rubbish <laughs> well, I, don't I don't remember that one i don't remember that one <laughs> but well, see fatty and mabel adrift you'll like it Kim. yeah i know i've seen that one but uh I, you know, I haven't seen enough. I think uh, Kino put out some decent collections a long time ago, it seems like now, you know, and it's like, I wish they would do these things to like Blu-ray or whatever, and I think they take their sweet time. I'll be 100 by the time this stuff ever comes out again or something. But uh, <laughs> That should be in a couple of weeks now. And, and it was, you know, yeah, and it, was you it was never cheap to begin with. I mean, it's like, no. you know, so it's like, you know, these things are 100 years old, you know, it's like nobody cares that much except us, you know, so it's like... Um, cater to us. <laughs> you know, put them out for 10 bucks a piece just like, you know, the, to, to make Camden squirm. The latest Adam Sandler collection. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry. I dislike Adam Sandler. I do too. But uh, anyway, I had to say that because we were talking beforehand about that, and we're not going to talk about him today, other than making fun of him. Uh, oh, okay. He's not in the book. <laughs> he's not in the book. This only goes. No, he's not in the book. He only That's goes an old book. That is an old book. <laughs> it is from 1978, and wow. this is the revised version from 1982. So, but he didn't yeah. add anybody to it. You know, it's, I think. No, he didn't. You know, no, the only thing he did was, you know, I think he had, might have updated one of the last people in here, but, you know, and then put some death dates. I think that's about right. It. Death dates and yeah. added material, added uh, uh, projects. Right. You know, right. that he didn't have the other ones. So, so Fatty for me is kind of, or Roscoe, Roscoe uh -huh. P. Coltrane. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's kind of an odd bird for me, I guess, for lack of better term because i don't know what to say about it i've seen a few films the one i actually seem to remember and i don't remember the title that i really liked had buster keaton in it but mm -hmm. he might have been in a lot of his films but but buster wasn't a main character he's very minor in it it was really you know but he eventually became a partner he eventually became right so with them. if that helps but i you know I, i'd have to look at the titles here so I, i'm I, you know mm -hmm. i'm really no, bad at I'm really bad you. on my silent films, you know. It's like besides yeah. the three in the behind me, that's that's like the ones I can do, you know. Really I find well. them difficult to hear. What you find them? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're Don't not the, we're not to them yet. Okay. I'm, Camden, I'm surprised you. You, you, you said you you said the three behind the silent films. Oh, are okay, hard. yeah, okay, fine. Yes, I'm surprised you, you can lift Hardy that did book. a number of silent films. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm surprised I, you can... by the way. Nick, this is the very first thing I bought with my first paycheck. Wow, congratulations. A signed copy of Randy's book. The very first thing I ever bought, I waited to give us $90 to buy a hardback version. Thank I you, donated. Randy. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. Did he write you? Did he write I use, I use it to work out. Yeah. It's, <laughs> did he personalize um, it or did he just say? Yeah, yeah, he signed it for me. Yeah. I have a funny story about that. Oh, that's great. That's great. I used to tease him because he would do the uh, Kickstarter thing, you know, and you pre-ordered it, right? Yeah. So I kept telling it because I pre-ordered it. I kept telling him that I was happy to donate and I would use the word donate and it would, it would irk him. And he would write back, this isn't a donation. You're buying the book. And I'm like, well, don't worry about it. And please accept my donation. And it just drove him crazy. So <laughs> then I got my book. And of course, it says, thank you, Nick, for donating. <laughs> so Randy actually topped me. <laughs> That's funny. 
<laughs> it is funny. He's so he's so he's so great. We're so lucky to have him. Seriously. All right. We will get to Laurel and Hardy again. And I do have a couple books because I pulled them out just because I was showing something to Camden. Uh huh. the, the next one is behind me. Oh. Okay, <laughs> who am I gonna pick? Who am I gonna pick? It is Buster <laughs> Keaton. Okay, are you gonna call him? What was Buster Keaton's first name? I can't even remember. <laughs> Joseph. Joseph, thank you. <laughs> I Joseph can't Francis Keaton. Thank you. Uh, oh, he's, so, he's next. He's the next one. He's the next one in the book. Okay, brilliant genius. Uh, a guy who um, uh, not learned how to perform the first part of his life. The second part of his life, he learned from Roscoe how to make films, and then he brought that. Uh, both of those things blended them together and became this incredible director. Um, funny. Uh, his, his acting ability is just, it, it's modern. It's like, it, it, it doesn't date, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes even Chaplin can get a little too flowery. Uh, Buster is just incredible. Uh, Depth-wise, no, I don't think his material is as good as Chaplin's or as uh, deep, let's put it that way. Um, I think there's more layers to Chaplin. Uh, but as far as my favorite Keaton, it would have to be The Navigator, mm. is the one that makes me laugh the most. And I think it's a brilliant film. It's beautifully put together. Uh, second would be The General, of course, which is just a gorgeous gorgeous film uh my least favorite keaton film i mean there's a lot of crap he made later on i'm sorry the one thing about keaton when, when i tell when people like compare keaton to chaplin i always say well at least chaplin didn't have to make beach party movies you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh that has nothing to do with his talent it had everything to do with lack of business acumen but um my least favorite keaton movie i yeah. guess it would be God's Country. Hmm. I don't even know if I've seen that one. Uh, it was filmed in Cinecolor by the Screen Actors. Oh, there Bureau. it is. It's on here. Yeah. It's a miscellaneous yeah. film appearance from 1946. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 a slog, fellas. <laughs> I've not seen that one. And oh, I've seen a lot don't, of don't film, even so. bother. Okay. Don't bother. All right. All right. I'll trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I, I hate giving. I hate giving worse. I'm not really good at this. So I'm going to skip over worse again. But I'm going to tell you two. And I'm going to tell you why the general. Yeah, you don't have to say worse if you want to. That's fine. Yeah, you I, don't have to. Yeah. I'm going to say my favorite is the general. And here is the other reason why. That's cool. So yeah. I told you I was with snot and those brats with modern times. Well, <laughs> move along to college. The only film they showed in an auditorium, which finally it was quiet because I was one of the only people who showed up for class, was the general. And it's almost like rewatching it again if you see it on a large screen. It's like one of those movies. There's a lot of, I think there are not, I don't, I'm the one that disagrees that not every movie is different if you see it on the screen, but the general is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even without an audience, it's still one of them. Yeah. I agree. It's an epic. It's an epic film. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Anything else? We, so how's he ranked? We've reached rank? an impasse. We've reached uh, an impasse. I liked, I liked, I'm going to have to say, my favorite silent comedian is Laurel and Hardy. 
Okay. But I have to like, I have to say that I think Keaton is easily my second one. I'm sorry, I like Chaplin, but I just like Keaton a little bit more. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. This is what makes up the world. Yeah. You know? No, no. The, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm just always curious because, you know, you always hear like the professionals talk about things and sometimes, you know, it's not always the one. And that's why I was kind of curious, you know, it's like, I'm sure Nick has ones that are like his favorites uh, that nobody else likes or something, you know, and it's like, and I, we'll get to some too, but um, which artist I, objective. Which, which is the Buster Keaton? I'm terrible on titles. I'm terrible on names. Camden, knows go ahead, Mark. I'll help. <laughs> okay, the one where he's standing outside and the wall falls down. Which the one Steve is Steve Bill Jr. Okay, that one or the cameraman are probably my favorites. General's oh, up there too. General's two up great there. ones. But uh, okay. I think it's Steamboat Bill Jr. is my favorite. And I love that one. It's mainly for that one scene, but I just love that film. But uh, I also like College a lot. I mean, it's hard to to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go venture further that I finally seen all the, the sound ones that were done at MGM that everybody said, oh, terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know, there is something to be said about which one is it? Um, oh, I think it's free and easy, I think. Oh, God. No, sorry. Is that a good one? <laughs> I, was, I was recoil when I heard that title. Oh, okay. So. Oh, you don't like that one? Oh. Yeah. But, you know, no, people are weird about it. I even like, I have a fondness for what no beer, believe it or not. I, I do too. And I, I think too. it's just because, you know, I've heard so many terrible things about these Keaton films that I didn't want to see him. And so I didn't see him until Warner Archives put out and, and I could get him four for 40 when they did those cheap deals. And so I said, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. You know, yeah. it's Keaton. I'll watch him. And I go, well, no, these aren't bad. I could see why they're considered bad if you've seen the earlier stuff. And we'll get to that right. when we talk to like Laurel and Hardy. Uh, but, you, <laughs> yeah, know, really. um, but yeah. you know, it's like if you never saw a silent Keaton, there's some good sound ones. I would say probably the worst talk uh, uh, Keaton one ever is probably like Sergeant Deadhead of the ones that I've seen. But then that's like a piece uh, of party film. Too, I was so. the first Keaton I ever saw. Really? <laughs> when I was I was a child, I was taken to the theater. There was this old guy doing these flip flops. I had no idea who he was, but that that was my first exposure to him. Uh, I was going to say the talkies um, of all of them. Uh, the ones that I find difficult are free and easy. Definitely, it's <laughs> it's it's horrible. It's just horrible. It's so misguided. It's so not Keaton. Uh, and maybe but, that's uh, why I like it. I don't. You know, maybe, like, maybe, you know, maybe it's the it, maybe it's the uh, it, it, it surprised me, you know, and it's like okay, I mean, yeah. it's Chaplin did the same thing with like the Great Dictator with all the silent films, and then it's like this film is like entirely different. It's kind of jarring, yeah. When you well, like yeah. Jack Benny even <laughs> did with like when he did um, to be or not to be, it's an mm-hmm. entirely different Jack Benny. Yeah, completely, completely, yeah. Other than the vanity. <laughs> to the character strangely um, enough jack jack benny's not in the smalton book which always kind of annoyed me but you know but, but jack benny anyway. wasn't really known as a film comedian this, true, is, this is a book about movie comedian true and but I, jack I benny thinking, did as many films as the marx brothers that's the funny thing well you know what my, my aunt Susie did as many movies as the <laughs> marx brothers you know uh, that's not saying much but that, that is you want to see my home movies there's aunt Susie. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And now with this, I have a good mom, Jack now, with, right. now with these st- newfangled things, she can be on video every night. You know, <laughs> every single night. Mm-hmm. Take, take that up with my uncle. 
But you know, uh, yeah, but I, I agree with you about the Keaton talkies. Most of them I like. Most of yeah. them I, I, you know, I really like um, um, What No Beer, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I also yeah. like, uh, what you call it? Um, um, what's the one? Speak Easily is a mm. fun movie. A lot yeah. of fun. Uh, Passion Plumber has some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's the one filmed at his house? Um, uh, parlor bedroom and bath i really like i think it's a very funny movie so yeah i think i think they have a bad reputation but again it's yeah. it's because it's compared to his earlier stuff where yeah. he had control yeah you know what shorts i actually like too a lot uh or the columbia the columbia ones i actually like the columbia ones. i, li- you know? I like a lot of them you know really? i mean they're very stooge like that might be why because Maybe. of jules white but you know I, I i said these aren't bad you know they're they're I, fun yeah. they're fun yeah. they're like hybrids anyway. you know anyway. uh yeah uh, but i prefer charlie chase's columbia's to his hal roach talkies well, we'll so, get to it. We we'll get to Chase soon okay okay next, we'll next cut to the chase. just come with the hal roach talkies not the hal roach silence right the what we're talking, we're talking both Oh, we're, we're oh wait, Charlie Chase or who are we talking about? Yeah, Charlie Chase. Yeah, we're talking. We're going to talk about both. Okay. I mean, we'll, if we'll if your favorite we'll Charlie Chase is Sons of the Desert, yeah, it'll count. I don't care. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Anyway, that's a dog. Uh, so the next one is this gentleman, Harold Boyd. Mr. Lloyd. Mr. Lloyd. Push him, push him off. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Nick. I think uh, Harold Lloyd was a wonderful, uh, funny actor. Um, he didn't come from the stage. He didn't come from vaudeville or music hall like Keaton or Chaplin or most of the great comedians. Uh, Hal Roach said that he was the greatest actor who acted like a comedian that he ever knew. Um, So that kind of puts him immediately for me to number three. Uh, He was basically a great, great producer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hired really good directors. He hired the best writers. he was involved in every aspect. I mean, other than later on with music and stuff like that, like Chapman did. Uh, but um, he was, uh, I think, a wonderful filmmaker. And his films work beautifully in a theater today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have to say that, you know, he was just, uh, again, number three of the top silent comedians. And my favorite, Harold Lloyd, I think is... I don't know. You know what? I like a few of the talkies. That's fine. So I'm going to give you a silent and a talkie. So okay. the silent, I really, really like um, uh, Speedy. And as far as the talkies, I would say uh, I really, there's a movie called The Cat's Paw. I don't know if I've seen that one. I, it very, says very the, unusual. 1934. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I call I it have, Frank, I it's like his Frank Capra movie. Hmm. It's, okay. it's quite different, quite interesting. Hmm. Movie Crazy is good too. I just don't like the finale. There's something about <laughs> there's something about Lloyd that's sadistic almost. <laughs> I'm serious. When he goes after the villains at the end, you you wince. It really hurts. Yeah, you know? that's true. And uh, you know, I want a, a fake vase broken over their head or something like that. <laughs> He's like some vicious. Columbia picture sound effects, huh? Or that to help soften it, you know. <laughs> Keaton Keaton does it too in Battling Butler. That whole finale is kind of like, all right, enough, enough. Yeah, you yeah. Know? 
I, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not a violent person, so I don't really get into it. But, uh, but Lloyd, a wonderful, wonderful comedian. My least favorite Lloyd, did I say what it was? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Probably um, Sin of Harold Dodelbach. <laughs> oh, I would know that it's a good movie up until Actually, the last I like that like, one too. It's not my favorite, but anyway. No, nah, yeah, me too. I think, uh, uh, I guess, oh, okay. It would have to be Welcome Danger. His, huh. first, talk, his first talk, he is just a mess. It's a solid mess, and it goes on for. Uh, I think I've seen it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You talk about funny sound effects. I never saw a movie where more people get hit on the head uh, and knocked unconscious, like with metal things and blunt instruments. And I mean, not played for funny. <laughs> Do you know what I hate though? When you're what watching people are, you know what I hate though about silent movies and sound effects? People are doing this to Laurel and Hardy films, silence online. They're adding their own additional sound effects, and you know what mm. they're doing? They're like using electronic sound effects. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't care for Takes that. Takes you right out of it. Takes you yeah. right out of it. I one time saw a Little and Hardy film with um with electric music in the background, like you know, like like not electric music, but like heavy metal music in the background. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. like, is this necessary for this? Because then mm. you just hear, then you just hear like a guitar string, <laughs> and then like they added, and I'm like watching, and then randomly. Um, it was um, the um, the one with the horse on the on the, the wrong thing. again, wrong, wrong again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> that little random thing. They would wow. add voices, and it was not like you know one of those things that they did later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they put where they put in um, like additional voices, like Chuck McCann, I think, did it. Um, yeah, he did, he did it for, uh, yeah, it's for double It's like Wolfram. some guy doing an impression. And I'm like watching the middle of it. And then the middle of this guy pops up doing a horrible impression. I'm like, he sounds like he's in a Dick Van Dyke British accent. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Pretty it awful. almost sounds like it's Dick Van Dyke and like um, W.C. Fields. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it, it's, it's the weird, and I'm like, I do so know bad. that Peter. I do know that Peter Sellers did a few of those, uh, yeah. dubbing the Laurel and Hardy voices. Yeah, um, yeah. That's by that's the way, pretty, pretty so lame. We never, we're probably never going to get to WC Fields for this. Here's the thing about WC Fields, though. I work in a library, and I, and I told my bosses we have to stop making books on Winston Churchill where he looks like WC Fields in the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's a real thing. It, they, he looks. He's got the red nose. He's got everything. And I'm like, this guy looks like W.C. Fields. He does not look like Winston Churchill. <laughs> I didn't know there's a big group, <laughs> a big uh, amount of Winston Churchill books out there. <laughs> yeah, really. There's a lot. It's just, this woman checked out every juvenile fiction book in the entire library system about Winston Churchill. And mm -hmm. then, like, book report. <laughs> and it's like, hmm. no, she's like, and I'm like, and I'm like, why is there 15? Why am I shell? Why am I? Why is this cart full of books on Winston Churchill? <laughs> and then I look at the first cover, and then one of them looks like W.C. Fields, and then the second one looks really like W.C. Fields. It's uh, your favorite comedian. Come on. Yeah. And he's, he's mixed with their favorite with, politician, win with their favorite prime minister. Win with yeah. Winnie. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting my, for like the party to start mocking him. My little chickadee. Yeah. <laughs> totally an aside. Um, I was really? like, I was like the 
the 2000 year old man album where they're talking about Winston Churchill and mm-hmm. he says no, <laughs> they could have won sooner if it were, if he didn't call them Nazis they Narzies. were Nazis <laughs> 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 Mel Brooks is great he's not in the book either but we could talk about him anyway but um, yeah. Camden any more comments about Harold Lloyd or did you have any safety last safety last cool safety last is safety another last. one of those films you have to see it in the biggest TV screen possible Mm-hmm. We're in a theater. <laughs> We're in a theater. Yeah. yeah. You can. Like Last time I saw it. I know people who watch all of their films from film class and on, on their cell phone, and I'm like, no, no. I can't do it. Ah. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I, 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 okay. Somebody, bad, worked, bad, bad, me, bad, somebody bad, watched bad. The General, by the way, on their cell phone, by the way. <laughs> the General. Yeah. They watched wow. The General before class on their cell phone. I'm like, no. But no. you probably, probably only see one train car. But, um, <laughs> uh, my wife and I just saw uh, in January, we saw Safety Last at a music hall in London, uh, built in 1847. And it was packed, packed house, big screen, Safety Last. It was great. Cool. I have a question. <laughs> Why oh. is it that American comedians, should, and just same thing with anything, American movies, cartoon characters, comedians, they always seem to fit better in other countries than we do accept other comedians and stuff from other from other nations. Rephrase that. I mean, like, think about it. Laurel and Hardy, which I know somebody I've read, they call them a British comedian. They're from the United States. They're British comedians. They were American comedians. You know, um, they translated well in every, in almost, you know, tons of countries. We were talking about beforehand about Laurel and Hardy being named various names like fat and skinny in other countries. Yeah. And I think one of them, he's called Laurel and Tubby or something. Whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> but like, I remember that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. or Chaplin or, <laughs> or, you know, or today you could say, you know, Bugs Bunny or, you know, Bogart or anything, you always see someone they make the but for us, anything, especially back then, back then more than now, foreign films just don't resonate. Anything with I gotcha, I gotcha. So you're saying that uh like let's say uh, when I was in Mexico City, right? Yeah, you could walk into any video store and there would be Laurel and Hardy. Right. Right. It, they would get it, they knew them, they were celebrities, you know, right. blah blah blah. And it doesn't happen for the most part with foreign stars in our country. Right. right. The f- truth of the matter is, and I hate to say this, but and the British will tell you this, uh, American product is just better. That's true. It's, it's always been better. It's always been better made. It's always been more expensive. It's always been flashier, you know, and more most popular, actually. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do. With it. I, I have really a theory. Do. I have a theory, too, to piggyback on that. Um, I think that the rest of the world tends to embrace comedy better than the United States does. That's an interesting theory. And yeah, uh, I agree with that. Remember and especially Chandler being, being successful as time has gone on, it's gotten worse, you know, and it's like, so you see, and we talked about this, Nick, last time is, you know, mm-hmm. there's a big Phil Silver's, Sergeant Bilko following in in England. Why would there be? Who cares? It's a it's a New Yorker guy. You know, it's like you know on a on, on a U.S. military base. It, it, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with anything there. But hey, it's the funniest thing ever. You know, and it, and it can't it. just be because he appeared in one Carry On film. It's just that I think they embrace comedy and love comedy so much 
that mm-hmm. they obsess about it that we're just like kind of like eh, you know and yeah uh, unless yeah. we're people like us kind of weirdos freaks Freak. <laughs> um, yeah. you know it's like it's like half the people if, if somebody was watching this it, it, except for maybe Chaplin, they probably wouldn't have heard anybody that we've talked about so far except maybe, for laurel yeah. and hardy you know maybe but we yeah. haven't really talked about them yet so not yet but now not yet. now now mark just imagine yourself as a person a member of gen z yeah think about being a film buff as a member of gen z think about how hard i have it compared to you isn't that this. some anime character gen z <laughs> <Or something>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway. it's actually it's actually a prescription vitamin uptake Dragon but, Ball. Uh, <laughs> no i i I'm, i get you Camden. i get yeah. you I, I i feel you on that one yeah uh, I feel like we, I always say this, and, and no offense to you, Camden, but I always say that my generation is the last generation to really give a shit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's fading rapidly, and, and the, the, the uh, ranks are thinning every right. year. <laughs> the uh, only thing that my, that my generation knows about is a lot of them, I would say a majority of them, in fact, I would say all, almost all of them knows the cartoons part right so i think and that's the three stooges and the three stooges and the three stooges as well and i think that's partially because basically when was the last time laurel and hardy were on cable tv that freely would have been available and who would watch it right mm-hmm. that's the that's the main point you know uh <laughs> Our movies, and I say our movies because really that's what we're into, have been uh, relegated to one station, to one channel now. Yeah. Now it's, it's a one-stop place to go for the stuff we love. And in a way, that's very sad to me. You know, it's, it's kind of sad. I think, I think the other thing is Hollywood's responsible for this because Hollywood pro- believes this for some reason is that anything old can be discarded. Well, yeah. I mean, well, remade. Well, or remade. Or remade. Or, it's, yeah, like, well, it's like everything's been remade since ancient Greece. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, you know, when they colorized the Dick Van Dyke shows. Right. People might know we're like, oh, that was so cool. But I'm like, yeah, but they didn't. I'm like, it is cool. They look nice. They look much better than, like, you know, the Three Stooges look colorized or <laughs> most of Laurel <laughs> Hardy films look colorized. But I mean, the new, the new technology is, is almost flawless. I hate right, to say but, it. But, but here's the problem. Did we really need it though? It really looked nice. And some people, don't for some it. people, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, for some people, they, well, the they can't line, watch a black and white thing to save their life. You know, Camden, so. and Camden and, and Mark, I, I read something years ago, and this was years ago. They did a poll of uh, young people, and young people said that when they have the remote and they're changing, uh, as soon as they get to something in black and white, they change it immediately. They don't even wait to see what it is they don't want to watch black and white now here's my theory about that and it's kind of obvious when you have five thousand choices of (laughs) you know high definition uh cgi blah 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 blah, you're not going to go to a scratchy old film and watch will rogers talk to step and fetch it you know it's it's just not going to happen so we are (laughs) we are the last really the last of them and i hate to say it i hate to say it Harbinger of doom, but let's enjoy it while we can. What's unfortunate, though, is that the people who are into the same stuff we are 
like, you know, one of the, the person I was going to invite with you, Mark, that he decided not to come because he was busy. He's younger than I am. He's only like 18. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who's that? His name is Strum. Strum Thurman? <laughs> yeah, Strum Thurman. <laughs> the youngest <Yeah>. senator. <laughs> no, <laughs> Strum, Strum Pat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually am going to have him on the show, I think, next Friday. So Yeah. So yeah, I am getting him. He just couldn't make it. He and I can both talk to you about why it's tough being a Gen Zer, <laughs> in Gen Z. especially for him, even more than so than me, even. Yeah. Because he's stuck in the world where he's not only that, but he's like, yeah. He doesn't. I know a few people because I'm because, but the people who are into the same stuff we are, there's like five of them, and they're all. Facebook friends with you probably, and they're and they're all dead. But you know, yeah. The the bottom line is, is that the ranks are thinning, and this stuff is becoming less and less important in general. And if you go to the major cities where these things were produced and where these people lived and played, um, if the second, let's say, there's a studio on on a corner in los angeles the second somebody gets uh, an offer for really big money to build apartments or whatever it is those things are gone without a second thought yeah uh it's just they just disposable. tore down they just it's tore disposable. down a few months ago i hate to interrupt you but i was just going to say this to you guys because i told mark kausler this when he was on our show the show mm-hmm. um they just tore down the disney studio in kansas city that they filmed down they just tore it down they tore it down yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the most historical things in modern day entertainment. They tore down. But but um but yeah, what my thing was with 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 black and white uh, just comedians in general is I generally graduated into it because like a lot of people who were interested, they started with cartoons and the three stooges and they just gradually into it. I was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. when I was little and I watched your show, I always thought that Laurel and Hardy when I was little were kind of slow. So I Me just too. pay attention to them. <laughs> I mean, they're really slow now with fast-paced movies you grew up on as well. So, but then like Abbott and Costello, I never got when I was a little. Mm-hmm. It took me a little while, right? Yeah. It's like I also never got Rocky and Bullwinkle. It went right over my head. I still like mm-hmm. it, but. Yeah, I got, I got you. I got you. It wasn't until probably when I was about 13, 14, 12, maybe. Mm-hmm that I started getting into everything else. Wow, okay. I find that most people do. I find when I talk to people, fellow fans and all that stuff, it's usually around that mid-teen area that they're exposed to the stuff for the first time. I was like five. I started really, really young. Uh, So by the time my friends were picking it up at 13 and 14, (laughs) you know, I was, I could have written a book about it. You know what I mean? I was really young. I was pretty young too because my dad just my dad wasn't one of these dads like you know, there's some dads I'm going to educate my kid on old comedy. Yeah. It was it, he was never like that. He just watched what he liked and it was whatever was on. And you know yeah. he didn't try to say this is good, this is bad unless I asked him about it. If I if I mm-hmm. said you know like um, when did they play Harold Lloyd? It was on PBS in the late 70s. Yeah, I remember. And yeah. uh, you know that was the first time I saw him. And I asked uh, my dad, uh, who's uh, this Harold uh, Lloyd person? Is he funny? You know, and my dad says, yeah, he's really funny. You should watch him, you know? And I go, okay. But he never said, you should sit down and watch this stuff, kid. This right. stuff's funny. Because I think had he done that, I probably would have said, eh, you know, I don't yeah. know. I no, I have to say it. one thing, though, about being a film person. 
mm-hmm. you're also more accepted. Like back then, like, you know, if you were watching a Warner Brothers cartoon in 1970-something, that was probably a big no if you're 17 years old, right? In high school. I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't care either. Yeah, I just watched <laughs> but, them anyway. But I didn't talk to my friends about it. I figured they were no, into no one, other things. And I was just like, no yeah, one, whatever. No one it. cares if you're into film. You yeah, know, people yeah. are just more accept, accepting now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to private school, so it might be different. But yeah, yeah maybe, maybe we we my friends and I talked about cartoons. We did the voices. Yeah. We, we yeah. did the gags. But, but by seventeen, didn't your friends kind of grow out of it? They, mine did, and I kept oh, doing. Yeah, it. yeah, I you can't know, say see, we sat around. No, it's like we talk about cartoons. We're like eight, nine, ten. A few went into like 12, 13, 14. And then they all discovered girls. Well, I discovered girls too, but. I still mm-hmm. like to watch cartoons. I said, why don't so I put cartoons away? They're still and on. I especially, and I'm I not with a girl this Saturday morning. And I especially, especially like girls who like cartoons. So <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to get that in. I'm sorry. But, um, I thought you were doing uh, your porky pig impersonation. Speaking of, yeah. No, but uh, uh, let's... let's uh, um, Let's listen to each other, guys. Let's, <laughs> let's listen to each other. Because people have to listen to us. Um, what was I saying? Oh, cartoons. Yeah, I, I was also a student of animation. So I, I would read materials and, yeah. and uh, the cartoon, uh, they had different phases in my life. At first it was goofy fun, you know, not goofy the cartoon character, but it was goofy fun. And then it was more like, um, I really enjoyed the references, the music and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. And then as I got, uh, you know, more, more uh, uh, into the uh, technical aspect, it was like reading those great books by Leonard Maltin of Mice and Magic and all that, that stuff. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Malton. Uh, uh, remarkable man. Remarkable yeah, Mr. Malton made me like, you know, I wasn't a big Disney fan growing up as much as I am now. Yeah. yeah. I just never, I know, I was always for the gag kind of thing, right? Yeah. But I yeah. was, but, but I mean, I was a fan of the shorts, but never the feature. But then I go to the Disney Family Museum. And there's mm-hmm. Leonard Moulton standing there. And Leonard Moulton basically goes through the whole exhibit with me, leaving his wife, Alice. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I'm like, well, this is like an epiphany moment like, here. Come along, kid. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's cool, Captain. That's My really mom cool. and dad are like, who were you talking to? I'm like, oh, Leonard Moulton. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Because no one was, no one, no one interacted. No one knew who that Leonard Moulton. That was Leonard Moulton standing in the museum. So I'm like, well, no one else wants to talk to him. I will. <laughs> I might as well. Where, where was this? Where is this Disney, museum? The Walt Disney Family Museum, the one in San Francisco. Oh, in San Francisco. He just okay. happened to be there. He wasn't a special guest no, or anything. No, he just happened to be there huh. at this nine old men exhibit, <laughs> and he's walked me with the whole exhibit. I was walking with him. He said, "Yeah." He says. I met Ward Kimball. He said this, right? He was like <laughs> quoting something he said. And I'm like, mm-hmm. heck, I'd follow him too. Like, I love Leonard. I'm like, <laughs> and pardon my language, Mark, but I'm like, this place is like fucking amazing. Like, yeah, that's amazing. That's a, yeah. That is. If you're going to go through a Disney museum, he's like the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> Disney fan. I'm like, this is like the ultimate tour right here. And mm-hmm. no one, yeah. and his wife is not even with him right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, so where were we? I am supposed to say something about Harold Lloyd, and then we're going to continue on. This is going to be a t- like a twelve-hour show if we keep going at this rate, but that's okay. Um, cut it into different shows. Yes, I yeah. can. So, what yeah. do you think? Um, I don't know 
I don't remember many of his shorts, even though I've seen some of them. And it's like I had to kind of re-educate myself because I did see that Harold Lloyd thing, you know, in the late 70s, you know, but then it went away. And then they put a few out on tape, but, you know, Harold Lloyd's estate and Harold Lloyd himself was always very possessive over his own films. So, mm-hmm. um, like, even now uh, with Criterion, I want them to put Grandma's Boy out on Criterion, and it's not. And I know that's a good film, but I haven't seen it in 20-something years, so I think it's good. But of the ones I've seen that are on Criterion that I've seen in recent times, I agree with you. I think Speedy is his, favorite, is his best film. Oh, um, so good. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, of least i don't know i mean it's like you could probably go back to like the early ones before he developed the character with glasses and everything because they're they're kind of nondescript i mean yeah. i don't want to really poo poo the sin of harold diddlebach even though i just did just in jest i mean but there's there's moments in the sound ones and stuff like that yeah. um and Harold like was Professor an interesting Brewer. person as he went on too you know doing those 3d stuff and i have that 3d book and stuff like that so it's like mm-hmm yeah. So interesting man, interesting man. They say they say of all the performers, he probably has the most illegitimate children. <laughs> Seriously, probably. <laughs> okay, next one is some that. Uh, Sam, did I interrupted you? What were you uh, going to say? I said I wish I had money. I can buy all these things. <laughs> I'll try not to interrupt, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, um it happens on this show when you have more than two people <laughs> uh let's see okay next one harry langdon and i will admit i'm going to kind of pass on this one because i don't I, I shouldn't say i don't care for harry langdon i just don't know enough about him but i'll leave it to you too or at least nick if even so go ahead um i i there's something inside me that loves harry langdon. um his best film uh i think is uh, probably The Strong Man, directed by Capra. Uh, and his worst film would be difficult because, again, like Keaton, he made some real crap uh, <laughs> towards the end. Um, and I'll tell you, his uh, Columbia's, especially the later ones, where they teamed him with a Swedish comedian, a Swedish dialect comedian by the name of El Brendel. And it was one of Jules White's, you know, you know, master strokes of complete ineptitude. Um, but I would say that uh, I'll, I'll name one: Pistol Pack and Nitwits, which was Harry's last hmm. Columbia film, is pretty difficult to get through. Uh, he was—he's uh, an acquired taste. Uh, I always say that he had the patent on quirk. He was very quirky, uh, very dark. He was darker than any of the other comedians. He was the most courageous that way. He wasn't afraid to go there. Um, He got a really raw deal from Capra. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happened there for real was um, Langdon fired Capra. And Capra, feeling very humiliated by this and knowing that it could hurt his career, went to the press first and told his story. And that's the one that stuck. I don't know if you know about all that. Uh, it's it's very it's no, a very no. big uh, thing with film comedy buffs. Uh, Capra talked about how uh, Harry Langdon didn't know what his character was until they wrote it for him, when in fact he'd been playing this character in vaudeville for twenty five years. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, he was a fine comedian. I just thought he was quirky and wonderful. And uh, on the scale of the silent movie comedians, number four. Wow. Mm-hmm. Camden, any thoughts one way or the other? Okay. okay. Um, you must have the Bill Shelley book, I guess, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So Bill Shelley, of course, he's passed away, unfortunately. But I managed to interview I hear him. he died as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I managed to interview him before he died. Uh, no, but that's always better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I tried Definitely to cover his, I, I tried to cover his entire career, but we were talking about the Warren Magazine book that he did, but uh, because that was his current book. But I had to ask him about Harry Langdon. And he, you know, I have to re listen to the episodes in the archives. I think it's episode 29. It shows you how long ago it was. Um, and uh you know why he liked harry langdon and he just adored him he thought it was the best thing ever and it's like you know i i didn't argue with him because it's like everything i've seen just kind of struck me as kind of average you know it's like it wasn't bad it wasn't good it was just kind of there and mm -hmm. so i hate to say i don't have much of an opinion uh, you know but I, it's like i always want to readdress it but like so many other comedians his stuff's not very accessible you know that's, you know. that's, that's what that's what people i think I just wanted to say something. So when people go to college, when people go and they're when they're forced to watch films, they watch them. But now, once you're a film student and you're willing to take the class and you're majoring in film, if you're going through the ambition to major in film at a um at a at a school that doesn't really major and it doesn't really have a film major as much, you have a lot of ambition. So people watch the films and they do watch them. But there's some reason for it, with a few exceptions, I do know a few people my age that 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 will watch it and enjoy them. They're not like avid fans of silent film like I am, but they watch them and enjoy them. It's blank. They don't like, they don't really want to sit down and embrace it. They're watching it on their phones, which I, again, I do not get. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do not get the appeal of watching something on your phone. I, I know that somebody I know watched the Gone with, the entire Gone with the Wind on their phone. <laughs> unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't Those fighting seats. <laughs> those incredible scenes <laughs> frankly Scarlett I crush your head <laughs> I crush your head Scarlett uh, <laughs> but I'm like this is not the way to watch it <laughs> no. to them it is there you go but if they watch it right before hey, class I'm, the night, I'm amazed hey, I am going to interrupt I'm amazed they're actually watching it hey you know, so many people no, are like, I'm watching it watch. before, right before class. Oh, which, well, then that's stupid. Why are you even in film school? <laughs> it's like, you know, anyway. You now, some are the different. They watch it at night. And then I know a couple of the people who are just avid film buffs. They're not really just old film buffs. They're more of like modern film buffs, but they still like it to where they're going to go out and where this is really interesting. Because they wanted to make sure movies we see, we actually have to get a DVD Netflix account. To watch it, we don't have to get streaming. We have to get a Netflix DVD account today. So people, when they're watching it, I know a couple of people who actually listen to the audio commentaries, like I do, when they watch a movie, even for even for something that they might not enjoy, right? They just do it. That's just what they want to do. So they're mm -hmm. embracing. They're watching it, and then they rewatch it again, like I do. Right. Right. You know, post yeah. thoughts video, right? Yeah. I enjoy commentaries too. Some, in fact, some DVDs I get for the commentaries. Yeah, you know, me too. It's especially actually if, I've seen, the, especially yeah, if I've seen the film a zillion times, I will yeah. just watch it with the commentary. Yeah. Like I think I got Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the Criterion version, 
immediately mm-hmm. had the commentary on because I've seen it so many times I don't really care, but I wanted to know yeah. what they say about it. So. It's like reading a book about <laughs> the movie. I like it. Okay, next next on the list, Charlie Chase. Oh, okay, that's an. Can I go first one. for this one? Sure, sure you can. I okay, that's enough. You know, I, I feel that. No, I'm kidding. Kat. Sorry. I love, and I'm now. I'm gonna pull this book out again. Uh-oh. Because once you read this book, pull it out. Yeah. I know. Once That's you read thinking. this book, I am like, I cannot mine, put this sm- book down. I absolutely cannot put this book down. Mine's smaller. Mine's smaller. Oh, don't be so don't be self conscious. <laughs> yeah, uh, one, I cannot put this book down. And every time I'm watching it, I'm actually not only just rewatching the Laurel and Hardy stuff. Whenever they mention an hour getting short, I'm rewatching that too. Where I mentioned, wow. so I'm like, I'm rewatching Hard Knocks. And I don't know why. I think I like that one my favorite. That silent, yeah. the hard knock silent. Yeah. I think that one might be my favorite Charlie Chase. Just because, oh, I don't know. That's it's a good really, one. Yeah. What do you think, Umbriago? <laughs> oh, he, he agrees with you. He thinks that's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I love Randy's book. Randy's I book is Randy great. would answer my email and acknowledge my note to him that I loved it. Hey, book. Randy, come on the show. It. Hey, Randy, come on, man. Randy, Randy, come on the show. Come on, man. Come on, come on the show. We love you. <laughs> right. uh, Randy's Charlie a good Chase. dude. What's your least favorite, Charlie Chase? Uh, again, I got to skip least favorites because I know there's not a big basher. Now, when we get to Laurel and Hardy, I'll have a least favorite. But okay. All right. And definitely when we get to the Three Stooges. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, good. All uh, right. Okay. Who's next? Well, you are oh, for Charlie Chase. If you have Charlie Chase. Yeah. I wrote an article about Charlie Chase uh, that was published uh, a while ago, and it was called The Strange Case of Charlie Chase. And I, I really... Mean- did you see that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, and I, I stand I stand by it. What's that, Camden? I haven't, but I'd like to. Oh, great. It's, it's in a publication called Pop20. Uh, they're for sale on Amazon. Um, that's really the only place I know where you can get them. I'm not even sure if I have one. But uh, basically what it talks about is that uh, Charlie Chase isn't remembered for a good reason. Uh, He never uh, took hold of one basic character. He played different characters in different (laughs) different films. And to tell you the truth, some of them worked, some of them didn't. I think he was a better silent movie comedian than he was sound. I think his talkies for Roach are one good one to every, uh, two bad, one good, two bad. Uh, very hit and miss. Um, I think his uh, legacy as a film director and creator is definitely worthwhile and definitely belongs. But as a comedian himself, I find him very mild. Uh, he could make me laugh till I cry in some situations. But uh, for the most part, I always look at him as sort of second tier uh, comedy. I think Hal Roach uh, product is very overrated, to be honest with you. If he didn't have Laurel and Hardy and Hargang, he wouldn't be recovered at all. Uh, maybe Harold Lloyd, who left eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, so Charlie Chase, yeah, good to second level, uh, second tier comedian. Uh, I guess my favorite is will always be Girl Grief, uh, uh, which is a great uh, two-reeler. Um, and my least favorite, ooh, ooh, ooh. again, I think it would, I, there are just, there are some really bad ones. 
I really hate the uh, the two musical ones uh, that take place during World War One, mm. a high seas and rough seas. Mm. Boy, <laughs> rough, tough to get through them. A real slog. But anyway, that's my opinion of Chase. Talented, very talented. I have a, a similar opinion to like Harry Langdon that I don't know enough about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, using him as an example, always again, uh, said in the 50s. Well, it's Father's Day tomorrow. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. I love you. There you go. Anyway, uh, in the 50s, um, they played Charlie Chase Silence a lot on TV. But wow. I wasn't I wasn't alive in the 50s, so I don't know about this. And it's like mm-hmm. by the time I was around, you know, they never played him. I never knew about him. And in fact, I think uh, I might have seen a f- couple of the talkies. I, I know they're on DVD now, but I haven't rushed out to buy them because I'm not one to rush out and buy a collection if I'm going to be disappointed in most of it. So, yeah. And yeah, I think why, I've checked some things out of the library and I've had that experience where it's very uneven because he's not the same character all the time and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I have to say, his, his best performance probably is in, for me, uh, for uh, is in Sons of the Desert just because it's short and sweet and he's just kind of funny in that in that sense if there's a big charlie chase fan base out there there's like that one's not very good because well i i'm sorry i just haven't seen enough to have yeah. a, an educated opinion about it you know it's kind of funny but true so yeah yeah um next on the I list people, is someone some people find larry funny. some people find larry seaman funny and yeah. i i don't think he's ever made me laugh once <laughs> i'm going to do the next two together because i don't think either of them really are well known the second one's more well known than the first one raymond griffith and okay, then raymond marie griffith. dressler oh and, please yeah. academy award all of them i've never even heard of yeah but uh you know it's like okay go ahead nick say say some something about it i always marie like dressler in in the ni- early 1930s was the a lot before shirley temple knocked her off uh was the most popular actor in america uh Academy Award winner, Franklin Roosevelt's favorite actress, uh, made some great movies in the in the 30s, was in the very first comedy feature, Tilly's Punctured Romance with Charlie oh, Chaplin yeah, yeah. and Mabel Norman. Yeah, oh, I forgot. <laughs> uh-huh. A very important woman, a very important actress, and very, 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 very funny. Uh, as far as she's concerned, my favorite is Dinner at Eight, where she absolutely steals the film, basically. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite, I'm not crazy about uh, Min and Bill. It, it, you know, it gets a big, it's got a good reputation, but it's a little too uh, mawkish for me. So that would be my least favorite. But she was amazing. And the other one, Raymond Griffith was a very, very great comedian. Uh, very uh, subtle, uh, almost more so than Charlie Chase. He, 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 he was a normal looking guy who had brilliant gags and didn't resort to a funny costume or goofy, you know, Charlie Chase did goofy stuff too. But Raymond, Raymond Griffith, if I could compare him to anybody, I guess it would be later on Bob Hope, his films, you know, he could still get the girl. He was good looking enough to get the girl and be, you know, suave sometimes, even though he was adult, but uh, Raymond Griffith was, was quite good. And I would say his greatest film was called Hands Up which was uh, a classic, a classic film. And I haven't seen enough of him, really, because a lot doesn't survive to really say 
what his worst was, but def- definitely amazing. He lost his voice. Uh, it was horrible when talkies were coming around. And uh, Joe's, uh, what was it? Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. He has an, an amazing scene in that film as a dying German soldier. No dialogue because he couldn't talk. Uh, but it's a really beautiful, poignant uh, scene. It's only like five minutes. But then he became a big-time producer at 20th Century Fox, made some great films, some great musicals and comedies, uh, and uh, was very successful. Okay. Camden, any thoughts on either? This is like one of my classes. I've never even heard of, Mark. Any questions? Okay. Well, Marie Dressler, you might have seen. I think there's a Mickey Mouse cartoon that they do caricatures, and they Mickey's do premiere gala premiere, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, they do a caricature of Marie Dressler in it. No, I never heard of the the next one. Oh, the other the other one, uh, Raymond Griffin. Raymond yeah. Griffin. I've never yeah. heard of. Him. I, I yeah. have forgotten he's in the book. I think I've skipped over the chapter. I read it a zillion years ago, and I forgot who the heck is it. Is he related to DW in any way or no. not? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll just say my two cents. I don't know anything about Raymond Griffith. I'll have to reread the chapter. Marie Dressler, of the films I've seen, which are very few, Dinner mm-hmm. at Eight is a good film. So I will give yeah. that. And I own okay. that film, in fact. So that helps. If I own a film. Okay, yeah. now what Camden Spees has been waiting for. And I'll hold up another Laurel and Hardy book. This is oh, a Laurel go. and Hardy book that's also very expensive. And if I can hold it up where it doesn't disappear on me. The British Chores. Yeah, this is a hard book to find. And I paid yeah. quite a bit for it, but it's a good book. This is a hard book to find. You should clean your apartment. <laughs> anyway, so the uh, it's yours. Lauren Hardy, who wants to talk? Bowery Boys, they were not talking about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I do have a Bowery Boys book, too, actually. <laughs> so do I. I have a couple. Yeah. Um, I'll go. Okay. My favorite is Sons of the Desert. That's my favorite film for multiple reasons. Number one, I'm a member, thanks to Rick Green, I became a member of the Sons of the Fan Club. My family has shrine in their history. Mm-hmm. All sorts of Shriner stuff in the family history. All of it. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Um, that's another reason. And also, it's just a really good movie. My least favorite <laughs> is everyone's least favorite. It's a Tolkien. <laughs> wow. That's not my least favorite. Really? Really. I think it has some good moments. I, I kind of like it. Um, uh, no, uh, Laurel and Hardy. Uh, I'm not a fan of their silence. I like like three of them make me laugh. I think they needed their voices. I really do. Of all the comedians, I think they most benefited from those voices. Even Battle of the Century? Battle of the Century is very funny. It's one of my three favorites. Uh, I mostly love it because Lou Costello's in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and I, I was the first person to notice that. You were? Uh, yeah, back in the early 70s. Uh, I was looking at a book one night, a Laurel and Hardy you book. You weren't credited on the commentary. And there it was. Huh? You weren't credited on the audio commentary. Yeah, I know. Screw them. They don't know anything. Uh, so anyway, where was I? Oh, uh, Laurel and Hardy. I, I, I love Battle of the Century. I love Liberty, which is more Harold Lloyd. I, I just watched Liberty today. It's yeah, a, that's weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I just rewatched Liberty today because I'm actually reading, as I said before, I'm rereading and watching, and I'm on the Liberty yeah. right now. And I gotta say, I want to see that. I have like a list of films I want to see in a theater. One of them is like, I want to see, I don't know why, but I want to see the Chris Blunstone's episode of the theater. It doesn't work, but it works for me. I what is see it? 
I want to see if there's a, like a list. I have a list of films that I want to rent a movie theater and watch them. Liberty is now on that list because that oh, would yeah. be perfect in a movie theater. Because that's uh-huh. one of the most suspenseful Laurel and Hardy films. And the other film the, I just got grossed out was when the film um, where they're next to the sanatorium and they're building a house. Mm-hmm. When he hates those nails and I'm like... Yeah. Some like, of Laurel and Hardy is a little too sadistic for me. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I write I, in my book... I'm talking about people who uh, get down on Abbott and Costello because Bud's always slapping Lou and, you know, yeah. being mean to him and all that stuff. Laurel and Hardy make them look like, you know, uh, fairy tale princesses. Right. Uh, the, the, the vicious comeuppances to Ollie sometimes make me go, ooh. And the Three Stooges <laughs> had that problem too, though. Yeah, but the Three Stooges were a little bit more cartoony. Yeah. Uh, Laurel and Hardy, you kind of bought into the humanity more. Yeah. The three students were cartoon characters. You could hit them. You could put dynamite down their pants and nothing would happen. But yeah. uh, ask their wives. But uh, whatchamacallit. Yeah. With, <laughs> but with Laurel and Hardy, you kind of bought it. In, in, in the music box, when Ollie steps on the nail, uh, unnecessary. Stan had a very sadistic sense of humor. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a little dark, I thought, too. I, I thought it was a lot dark. <laughs> so Laurel, Laurel and Hardy lose points for me. That's why I like Abbott and Costello more. But uh, uh, Laurel and Hardy, uh, uh, the third film, uh, silent film, is their purple moment, I think, is their best. Uh, the scene where they take the girls out on the town mm-hmm. and the wives have replaced their money with coupons. Yeah. And when they discover that, and they look down at the wallet, especially Stan, his take is just, its it should have gotten the Academy Award. It's just hilarious. It's just nonstop hilarious. I think that's the best film for props too, because I think that that painting is just the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Which one is this one? Their Purple Moment. Oh, Their Purple Moment, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. That's a great one. As far as talkies, were you done? I'm sorry. No, you're good. Keep going. Okay, yeah, you're, good. yeah. yeah. Uh, so as far as my my favorite Laurel and Hardy is tied, and it's everyone would say the same thing, it's Sons of the Desert and Way Out West. I think yeah. those are two their best comedies, just absolutely hilarious. Um, my least favorite Laurel and Hardy film has to be A Haunting We Will Go. Oh, it's the yeah. Laurel and Hardy movie that Laurel and Hardy have no business being in <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's basically a Charlie Chan movie. <laughs> and i'm just like you know it's like some of the gags are great i think there's a few really great gags but a couple of great gags do not a great movie make so i think definitely haunted we will go i definitely i like some of the fox movies in fact in fact i like some of the fox movies better than some of the roach movies i really enjoy the big noise i think it's a really good movie i really enjoy uh jitterbugs mm-hmm. uh uh what's it oh and my favorite uh, and this one I think is better than a lot of the the Roach stuff is the Bullfighters. It's no lovers, no no you know none of that bullshit. It's just Laurel and Hardy doing some great Laurel and Hardy stuff. So anyway, uh, it's definitely Haunting Me Go is the worst. Yeah, that was one of the things I just liked about Abbott Costello. But I loved Abbott Costello. But the whole romance thing. Yeah. The one romance thing that actually made me laugh. No. I didn't like, this is one of their worst movies. I didn't like Lost in Alaska as much, but I thought that that had a decent romance story to it. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Tom Ewell and Mitsugin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. 
Uh, I like the musical <laughs> number he does with Mitzi Green. Lou you know, we'll it. get the Royal Rose. I know we'll get the Abigail Cell later, but yeah. I think Lost in Alaska looks almost more like a. This you might think it's weird, but it's almost built more like a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah, it looks stagey. Yeah, it looks really stagey. It looks like I don't know why, but it, but it's like one of the few Laurel and Hardy films that that Laurel and Hardy Abigail Cell films that might that would work good on Broadway. It actually might. It actually would. It actually yeah. would. You know, the saloon settings and, yeah. you know, simple like snowy settings and stuff yeah. you could do with backdrops. Definitely. It's very stagey. Very, very stagey. Who, where are we now? Me. Um, so I, Me. I just I watched Hats Off again for the, about the 50th. Oh, sorry. I'm um, joking. I'm just <laughs> I really am. My print is getting worn out. Yes. Um, no, uh, I, I have to separate Lauren Hardy into separate eras i guess so you know for best and worst kind of so my favorite uh uh silent is the second hundred years where they're in prison mm -hmm. i like that's that. a good one uh okay. my favorite sounds short subject which also is my favorite one period is county hospital okay you know? and i, think the I first even have half a, is great I, I even have a t-shirt that says hard boiled eggs and nuts on it. So mm. it's like, which I should have worn, but I didn't. But um, my favorite sound one has volleyed around the sons of the desert. I actually have to say, I like babes in Toyland. It's, you know, it's a good, nice holiday picture. I, the final scene just cracks me up still over and over. There's just so many good scenes in that. And yeah, I know it's overplayed and blah, blah, blah. And some people, that's the only film of theirs they've ever seen, but I still mm -hmm. love it. <laughs> and okay. Why do people apologize for what they I don't know. Uh, I don't understand. I know. I, I sound like Camden, don't I? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, now, of the post- the post-Roach post ones, post-Sapsitzies is what I was going to say. I like the dancing masters i really do i think that's great think it's fun it's you know fun when one. they're on the roller coaster at the end i just I, and i know they re replay redo county hospital in it but that that's not why i like it i like the part where they're on the roller coaster so it's mm -hmm. like because it's so cheesy it's funny you know no yeah so, yeah so um i <laughs> the mean toy bus so those are the good ones. Uh, least favorite. I mean, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, most of the silence. You know, I like the the incredible whatever it is, the the pie, the pie fight one or whatever. Oh yeah, Battle uh, of the um, I I think I would like Hats Off because the music box is good, but you know, but I, I'm I'm talking about the ones I hate now. Um, I don't really hate any of them, even a Tolkien. I don't hate it. It's just I don't either. I don't it's hate just, it's, K, just, it's disturbing just sometimes because of how bad stan laurel looks in some scenes but you know it kind of holds together on some things in some weird way but it's not their best film but you know mm -hmm. anyway but i give them I credit for try i give them credit for trying something new yeah different no. yeah i don't think i don't think it's a bad film like i'm not saying it's like you know again i'm gonna bring him up i'm not saying it's like you know adam sandler level bad or i don't think it's like <laughs> as bad as the worst Adam and costello movie <laughs> I don't. I think it's um. I don't. I don't think it's as bad as the worst. I actually know it might be worse than the worst Mark film. <laughs> not their solo stuff, but um, but but um, I just think that it gets dull. Yeah, it gets mm -hmm. dull and it gets droll after a point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably the, probably the worst, and it's only because it doesn't really exist. Is uh, I think it's the rogue song is that what it is where there's only like scant footage 
You know, yeah, it's like song. unless that film sh- turns out to be a real winner, it, everything I've seen from it just doesn't look very interesting. I I love I love uh, uh, which William K. Everson. Uh, he was uh, you know William K. Everson, the great uh, film historian. He wrote a book called Classics of the Horror uh, Film or whatever it is, and he talks about actually seeing London After Midnight, the mm-hmm. of course the much sought after Lon Chaney movie. And he reported back to us in the book that it was a major disappointment. It was not a very good film. Uh, we've built it up in our minds because we haven't seen it. We can't see it, you know, so we were imagining this wonderful thing. When in reality, I could tell you, uh, it's a, it's a uh, there's a remake called Mark of the Vampire, which is basically the same film with different actors and sound, of course. But uh, that movie is disappointing. So I can only imagine, you know, what this is. But my point is, I think we build up things that we we tend to not be able to see or grasp in our hands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, tangibly. Uh, and things like Hats Off. We've seen the music box with the stairs. We've seen an ache in every state with the Stooges and the stairs. We've seen uh, It's Your Move with um, uh, Edgar Kennedy. Uh, lifting the washing machine up the stairs. It's like, I'm a little sick of the whole stair thing. And I'll tell you the other thing I'm really sick of is Laurel and Hardy silent movies. And I blame Leo McCary uh, is the reciprocal uh, destruction thing. It's like every damn movie ends. The last 10 movies, last 10 minutes is them kicking people or pulling down someone's pants or ripping their hats or whatever it is. I'm so bored by it, and so, it's so dull, and it's so overrated. I'm sorry. I, I think I, that... Earl Hardy needed their voices. As someone yeah. who's watching, re-watching them all chronologically right now while reading the book, mm-hmm. which that's the best way to read it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Battle of the Century, the pie fight was wonderful. I even think the mudslinging thing was fine. But after a certain point, it just gets dull. Like, you know... When I was rewatching, and they actually did the same thing in that um, the the short that they were supposed to fear in the peer in with um, Anita Garvin and oh, Paratites. Yeah, Paratites. It's just they're pulling it down, and almost it makes no sense to you. You forget that they slipped on a banana peel at one time, and it like, and it's mm-hmm. like they're they're trying to remake it to where I know they were trying to make her them the female Laurel and Hardy, so they just replayed that gag, but it just doesn't work. It falls <sighs> flat. After it's a certain point, as, as Randy says in his book, it went through overkill. Oh, please. <laughs> I, I can't watch their silent movies, mostly because of that. It's like the reciprocal reception, uh, the thing, destruction thing, would have been funny if they did it once or twice. Uh, apparently, McCary came up with it at a dinner party with, uh, I don't know if it was Mabel Normand or one of those, a silent about Clara Bug. What's that? I think it was the book says i think it was my- yeah pulled the tie and then they all started pulling their bow ties and yeah. he got yeah. the idea oh boy reciprocal destruction i wish he wasn't at that party to be honest <laughs> with you. yeah i wish he had some other plans that night. now i don't the question though is was it funny for audiences at the time that wouldn't see them for a certain amount of time could that's have a great point yeah that's a great point you know because uh uh I watched them or we watched them, you know, one after another in very yeah, close proximity. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, they're not going to remember this and they wouldn't repeat it if it wasn't successful. Trust yeah. me. So, 
it's just like certain TV shows don't hold up to binge watching. I can tell you one, Rowan and Martin's laughing. I mean, it's oh, cr- cringe inducing to watch the first season back to back to back to back to back because they do the same jokes over and over every week. But if you have a week or two between each episode and if you don't watch it every week, it's like, oh, that's still kind of funny. Or now yeah. that's a catchphrase. But it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> even if you same. have the week, even if you yeah. have the week in yeah. between. Definitely. You were ready so, for it. Uh, it's probably the same thing with these Oral and Hardy's. And so, yeah, yeah. as someone who's watching them like, you know, five shorts a day, right? And then going to work right. that and reading, it's like the pie fight. And actually, I actually think that a couple of them actually did stand out to where, like, okay, it's not really different, but it's played really well. So it's still watchable. Like, like the oil one in um, the one with the car, the cars fall apart. Oh, uh, two cars. Yeah, I actually think the oil one is fine. I actually think that was that was that was actually fine. I just I just don't find it funny. Yeah, I don't find it funny. <laughs> I think the way it played out was differently, so it made it work. Okay, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think like you know, it was like you know, there was one, it was like pie fight, and then pie fight, and then mud sling, and then mm-hmm. and then ice. I I don't even know what the Indian Garden and the the pair of tights thing was that made no sense to me i had to rewatch it i'm like oh yeah they're slipping on the ice cream but how are they all falling are they just pulling them down they're pulling them down it's just literally it really is annoying yeah yeah i I think they played that into the ground so to speak so uh who's next thank you for listening and thank you nick santa maria and camden spees for being my special guests remember you can always watch the video version of this episode on youtube Episode number 175 will be coming soon with part two. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.